There's nothing the uglies love more than some retail therapy. And now you can support your shopping habit and this show by visiting UglyTruth.com. Jamie and Paula have picked some of their favorite online stores and products and put the links in their new Ugly Mall. It's easy to find at UglyTruth.com. Remember, the Ugly Truth will never charge you for audio content. So this is the best way to support the show. That's U-G-L-E-E Truth.com. It's time once again for a journey inside the twisted minds and unfiltered voices of your favorite sisters. Jamie? We're not lesbians. We don't even know what she's talking about. This isn't the kind of humor we expected. And Paula? I get hit in the face with balls frequently. And now prepare yourself for the ugly truth. Welcome, welcome to The Ugly Truth, episode 34. (coughs) 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 Sorry, I have allergies or dust in my throat or something. You have dust in the wind, girl. It literally (laughs) happened moments before we started recording. I went to go get something to drink and I walk in the kitchen. I actually... There must be something in my kitchen, or maybe it's because I had the window open and there's trees or something, because the other day I went in my kitchen, I coughed so hard, I threw up in the sink. Like, I coughed that hard. <laughs> That's not funny. It's not funny, because I had just eaten a bowl of cereal, and like, lately, Ew! right? And lately, yeah. you know, I don't eat much, so I'm just like, well, there was a completely waste of good food that my body's just now malnourished, because I had a coughing fit. <laughs> the only time I've ever thrown up and not been ill or, thr- or drunk or anything is there was this um, brand of vitamins that I bought. It was like a year or so ago. I bought this brand of vitamins, and if I didn't take them at night and I took them during the morning, like, like oh, I forgot to take my vitamin last night, and I would take it in the morning, rest assured, I was vomiting within five minutes. Yeah. I don't know why, but it was not it was not agreeable to me. And, and so, it, you know, and because I'm stupid and a human being, I, you know, continued trying to take the vitamins for a week before I recognized that um, I'm not bulimic. And um, I'm not crazy, but I'm dumb because I keep taking these vitamins and that's what's causing the vomit. Well, my friend Sonia, we way back when MySpace used to be a big deal, you know, you'd always take like those weird questionnaires or quizzes. And so I remember one time and I don't know why I found this so funny, but it says, have you ever thrown up at work? And so my friend Sonia said, yes. And then in parentheses, she's all, but it's because I took a multivitamin on an empty stomach. (laughs) See, that's what happens. Is, and then and then you throw it up and it's like, I. this is our second week in a row talking about vomit. I don't like it. No more vomit talk. No more vomit it talk. Was, it was an accident. Believe me, I didn't want to throw up. Yes, I know. So this morning, um, you know, we have to leave at the – I leave at the crack of dawn to take the girls to school. Um, Kenzie starts – she has zero period and she has to be there by 6.50. God. Every morning. And so I blow out of bed at 6.40 and we leave at 6:42 and I drop her off. And you know what? It's not that bad of a it's not that bad of a drive cuz it kind of wakes me up and especially with the weather changing, it's nice and cool and it's kind of pretty cuz the sunrises are very autumn like and mm-hmm. all that. And then I get home and then we have to leave at 7:10 uh, to take Malia to school. So we take a completely different route. This school was never meant to have as many children that are in it now. 
they added a full grade level because they're eliminating sixth grade from all of the elementary schools in the area. So now middle school is sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Oh, really? Yeah. And and that adds, what, 300 extra kids? So I think she we, – we found out there's like – I think there's like 1,100 children that attend this school or something. It's re- it's a God. ridiculous amount of kids it's and prison. The well, the middle school is smack dab in the middle of a suburban neighborhood, right? Because it, it was never really meant to to you know to be this populated. So when you have 1,100 children, maybe let's just be fair and say 900 on average attend a day, and we're all they're all not allowed to be there before 720 for safety reasons and their school starts at 735 so that means you have a 10 minute window in which to drop off a thousand children can't even do that at concerts or you know no football stadiums there are two ways to enter but then of course you have to include and incorporate all of the morons that drive green minivans and think that no one is around them and they can just open up the door in the middle of the street and let, you know, the carpool out when there's a hundred other people waiting to get into the school. So when you incorporate all of that, it's a very uh, intimate uh, gathering on the roads. It's bumper to bumper, both directions, dropping off and picking up. And so, yes, today I'm sitting in the car and I'm getting ready to pull into the school to drop her off. And to my left is a guy who's just dropped off his kid, kind of a good looking guy. His hair is done really nice. It's all gelled and, you know, pretty, you know, really nice, not over gelled or anything. Um, he looks like he's got a, he's in his business truck and, nice. you know, nice, nice button up shirt. And I'm like, oh, he's not bad looking, you know, kind of facial hairy. And then out of nowhere, what does he do? He takes takes two fingers and starts digging in his nose like no tomorrow two both finger and pointer and he's digging away and i'm like god he must have really big nostrils to be able to do that finger and pointer yeah i meant pointer finger and thumb oh like he was pinching at him like a bull or something okay but he had both wedged in his nostril and i'm looking what's he gonna try and do whistle i mean all I know is he is, I mean, you know, he's contorting his mouth because he's like really trying oh, to Jesus. get in there, you know? And I'm sitting there going, what, this is, I mean, I know that men pick their nose in the car and it's disgusting. And I'm like, well, what's, what now? Of course, I'm sitting there going, now what's going to happen if he actually gets anything? Like, what's going to happen? So guess what? He got something. Why did you keep watching? So Because I'm two feet away from his car because we're in bumper-to-bumper traffic. I'd close my eyes. I wouldn't be able to watch. No. I I see this. And, of course, I'm the only one that can actually see this. Maybe the lady behind me can see it, too. But I've got a full frontal view of the the dig and the the findings. So I'm like, if he flicks that thing out the window, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to tell him he's a pig. And so what happens? He wiped it. In his hair. He took his fingers and wiped his hair like he was brushing it back. Can you stand it? I feel like I just took I feel like I just took a multivitamin. I put it I saw it happen and I haven't even had coffee yet. I mean it's really early in the morning. Is that even an acceptable like like receptacle for those things? Well, I honestly, sincerely have no idea. And the thought crossed my mind, is this something that men do? Do they wipe their boogers in their hair because it's the, I, I mean, I don't even know. No, it, I, I don't, I I can't keep But it's like, I'm sitting this. there going, okay, you're clearly, you own your own business or you work for a business because you're in their truck. And I mean, 
you know, the things that cross my mind, like, I'm going to call that number on the side of your car and I'm going to tell them what you did. It's so gross. It's so disgusting. And they'll probably be like, what? What? You know who's shaking you? hands with clients? Yeah, they're like, why would you call and tell us this? I'm like, just it's revolting. They'd be like, who are you? What, and now, who is this? What happened? <laughs> I'd be like, hold on. Do let you, me explain Do you everything. have an appointment this morning, ma'am? Was your tech late? No. No! Your person wiped a booger in their hair. What? And he works for you. I'd be like, wait a minute. Let me tell. Let me start from the beginning. I leave my house at 640, and there's too many children in the school. <laughs> I think you'd get hung up on. They'd probably be like, you know what? I'm sorry, ma'am. We have real work we have to do today. We can't be bothered with your weird preoccupation about what someone possibly did with their... Stop policing the traffic. Stop telling people how to wipe their boogers. Well, you know what's upsetting? That's I... just disgusting. And I kept thinking, he's got a wife. Because he's would got hope. kids. Well, oh, yes. Because everyone that has kids has a wife and 2.5 dogs and, you know. Look, the likelihood is, is he's got somebody... And that poor girl, I bet. I hope she. You know what? She's probably learned by now not to stroke his hair. This is not. This is not the first time he's done this. I, I don't Isn't even that know what gross? To say. That, well, yes. I'm trying to change the subject. I don't want to talk oh, about it anymore. All right. All right. What? It's the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. No, I was just going to say, like, <laughs> do we have a higher expectation for people who are good looking? Because you're just like, you know, he's a good looking guy. You know, nice and nice hair and and a little grizzly face and it's almost like being betrayed because then when they do something like that you're like <gasps> like how could you i i was well, checking you out why would you do such a thing i think it's no i don't know i i just i feel betrayed i have high expectations of all people well for, to be honest with you i'm living I expect, in the wrong world young lady i expect a lot of a lot from a lot of people or just from people in general but um, no, I don't think it matters if he's, in fact, if he was ugly, I'd be like, of course. You well, that's what I'm me. saying. You would expect it from an ugly person. It would still make me sick. It, yes. But, but I mean, know, the, you probably like when I see, when I see the, you know, the morbidly obese woman in a wheelchair with a Tweety Bird hanging off the side, eating bad food. See, you remind me a lot of mom in the sense that <sighs> mom has to rationalize or explain things to herself. <laughs> So they make sense. Like, I'll I never see. forget the one time her and I went to Jack in the Box and we're at the drive-thru. And the guy at the drive-thru was a little overzealous. He's like, all right. You know, he's like, that'll be, you know, 562 um, at the next window. And he's like, I'll see you there. And, you know, just how and he she, She's just like, what? Well, I'm driving and she's in the passenger oh. seat. And so then she starts, you know, oh, that's really weird. I wonder why that guy's like that. Maybe he just, you know. And so she starts making these reasons in her mind why the guy at Jack in the Box is is that way. And I just yeah, remember sitting there and I'm that. like, Mom, I just want my fries. I don't really care what this About guy's. About his backstory. I don't care what his childhood was like. If he has a family, you know. Yeah. Maybe if, he, and I think it got to a point where it's just like, you know, he sounds older. Maybe he just fell in hard times. And, you know, it's like she had gone the whole, you know, she gamut. She created about, a whole world for him. You know, by the time we got there, the guy had been, you know, through rehab and was, you know, back on his feet, maybe living in some halfway house in Orangevale off of Beach Avenue because that's where most of them are. And, you know, he was probably recovering some sort of addict and this was the only job he could get without a background check. And I'm just like, we were literally in this drive through maybe 30 seconds a minute. And, and this you, was the story. Had, this was everything about him. This was the story mom had pinned on this poor gentleman, <laughs> just based on how he spoke through the speaker box. Oh wow! Yeah, I don't. Th I don't think I'm that bad. But um, no. But I do think you have a hair of it. And I do have. I do have a smidge because I will tell you whatever um, that is. I don't know what it is. 
one time um, when I, I I was I used to work for Vision Service Plan. Yes. And when I was training in the customer service department, it was the first time I was supposed to be taking calls, and they were just going to listen in on how I did with the calls. Back then, there were big books of information versus a computer to look up questions that needed to be answered. So. I got this call and a guy asked a question. I really didn't know the answer because it was really sophisticated. And I said, well, that certainly makes sense. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe the patient, blah, blah, blah. And I started making shit up because (laughs) it seemed reasonable. So the call ended because I said, well, I'll have to have somebody else call you back, right? So the girl comes over to me, this training, she goes, you know, I will give you this. I believed everything you were saying, even though it was completely untrue right she's like you were pulling shit out of your ass and i had no idea what you're talking about but i said i believe her yeah no (laughs) you're gonna do do great here you do have a way of i wouldn't say fabricating because i mean they're not really they're not really lies but they're just things that are probably never going to happen for example the bachelor weekend you had two (laughs) other women plus yourself possibly convinced that there was prostitutes (laughs) In their room, and the people were touching them. And there was never, no one ever, ever once mentioned prostitute. This was just something that you made up in your mind. And then, and then told others, and then gathered a flock to worry with you. I mean, the two, the look on their faces, they were afraid. They were literally afraid. One of them actually texted her boyfriend. And I was just like, what what are you doing? Why, why are you frightening these young women thinking that their boyfriends or husbands are now you know taking taking their time with women of the night in tahoe i don't know know. it's just you know what i have a very creative mind well i don't you don't don't there's a difference between creative and destructive and i think that was a little destructive no i was genuinely wondering and i just speak what i i don't filter very often and that's why i only have a few friends and maybe a few less now after no. that weekend. Uh, oh, maybe that's why she doesn't want to come to my party. No, I don't <laughs> think that's it. But I mean, it's just, it's funny because I noticed that about it's you true. and mom. And I'm just like, I just don't understand the need to explain away people's I lives know. and behaviors. But anyways, Mr. Nosepick, I'm glad you didn't call his employer Ugh. and rat him out. I was never going to do that. I'm just saying the things that go through my mind when I'm when I'm viewing this kind of monstrosity is you need to be punished in some way for your poor behavior. It's so unsanitary and disgusting. Well, I would think having a booger in your hair is punishment enough, but... Oh, God, it's just sick. So on that note, okay, having a booger in your hair, that would be embarrassing. Like if someone's just like, oh, you have a booger in your hair, I'm not sure how that would happen. But for some reason, this happened to me the other day, I find I get easily embarrassed, as do most people, about things that they're they're not wrong you know we're imperfect people things happen and there's just sometimes things happen and it's not even your fault but you still get embarrassed so for example I was sitting out in the front yard the kids were kicking a ball around and I was talking with someone and fortunately this never happens but fortunately I glanced up for a moment just to see the ball coming towards my face and so I caught it and I think it's because it was one of those like light plastic balls that it was slow enough to where I could catch it. Because if it had been anything, you know, like a soccer ball or football or something, that thing would have creamed my face. Oh, my God. Because it's it's happened. You just say creamed your face. Creamed in my face. What's cream? Like. You mean like creamy? No. 
it just it would have careened. It would have hit you in the face. It would have hit me in the face. Like, oh, he really creamed into that guy. You know, like it's careened with an N, Nancy. Careened. Careen, yes. That's what I said. So <laughs> Okay. Anyways. I guess we'll be doing spelling tests next. Oh God, I'd kick your ass. But anyway, go on. I'm tell a pretty me your good story. speller. But anyways, um, so I was able to catch the ball, but good. It was no shock to me that the ball was coming at my face because I would say probably <laughs> since you know I don't know junior high school, whenever you start becoming awkward and unsure of yourself, is when mm-hmm. things like this started happening to me. I have been hit in yes. the face with more balls and not like. <laughs> Not like male balls, but I mean like soccer balls, footballs, volleyballs. Volleyballs happen a lot. Oh, I get yes. hit in the face with balls frequently. And it's not even like I'm in on the action. I hate volleyball. I absolutely hate volleyball. And every time, I get like a little anxiety when we go to barbecues yeah. and things like that. And there's a volleyball net outside. They're oh, like, oh, I we're going to be playing volleyball later. I'm like, uh, I don't like volleyball. Because I'll be sitting, I'll be <laughs> sitting somewhere far, anyway. far away Having a full-on, you know, serious conversation with someone, then all of a sudden, wham, out of nowhere, I've been hit in the face with a volleyball. And oh, and it's man. like, how do you recover from that? Like, talk about something that just literally lock, knocks the cool out of you. Oh, Having you a conversation to... or talking to yeah. – I was talking to a boy one time in junior high school, and I got hit in the face with a football. Oh, God. You know what? And and it's like, what do you just stop and pretend it didn't happen and just keep talking? No, you've got to do the whole thing. I in high school we had um, it, I was a sophomore. Oh, I was probably a freshman actually. And you know you have to have PE in in high school. Your freshman and sophomore year, and we had the volleyball. Um, what is it? Chapter or session? Whatever segment. I am not uh, an athlete. I that's why I excelled at cheerleading because that's what I was I'm coordinated but I'm not athletic in relation to being hit I um we were you know playing and, it, and okay first of all serving the volleyball I'm so bad I mean that's the only thing so I'm good at bad. I was terrible at terrible at it so I would never really I you know I do some pathetic you know I'd go service and I'd hit it and go careening <laughs> to the right I think one time I made a basket I made a basket on the basketball hoop because it had been flinging off of my wrist bone and, and went somewhere. Jeez. So I'm standing there and I'm taking, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there with my, you know, my knees bent and my, my arms prepared, ready for the ball to come over the the gate or the, over the net, the gate, whatever. And it comes straight across like perfectly. And I'm, I'm short. So, and the net was very high. It came zinging under the net and hit me square in the boob and it bounced <laughs> off really really hard now I like I said I'm not very good at sports of any kind and so when that happened first of all everybody started to laugh at me. well of course they did I mean because it was like, it was your it boob was like, it's like in that scene in bridesmaids when they're playing tennis and they keep hitting each other in the tit and they're all, oh, I know. they're like grabbing their boob. Well, it's just like, how do you, yeah, I mean, you can't, what are you going to do, grab your own boob in high school? I had no choice. It was very painful. And of course, the guy's like, oh, you got hit in the tit. And I'm like, oh, God. And of course, the PE teacher had to come over and, you know, muffle her laugh. And he's like, are you all right? You need ice. I'm like, I am not icing my chest. How can you ice? What are you going to do? Put a breast on ice? I mean, it's just weird. 
And yeah, I pretty much decided that I was done for the day. I sat on the stage and watched for the rest of the period because I was no longer playing volleyball. I'm pretty athletic. There's just certain f- sports that I'm nervous about. So volleyball is one of them. The other one I never cared for was I liked baseball. I liked softball. But I didn't like, um, you know where the track or the part where you start running, it's like all that little um, gravelly, like yeah. sandy stuff. That stuff's yeah. really slippery. Yeah, it is. And yeah, that's so it's just like, spikes. You know, that's where you go to really take off and your foot just slides backwards <laughs> as, as hard, yes. as fast as it can. And you're just like, oh, you know. I, so my point was, is like, I just hate it when things happen that make you look stupid. But really, it shouldn't. And so like getting hit, hit in the face with a ball. Or the boob. Walking and tripping accidentally. Like, why is that embarrassing? Um, because it is because it's well you know what like I told you the other day when things like that happen that just gives me that just gives me proof that there's a larger there's a larger power in the world that 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 has made us to be funny I guess because I'm just like there should be we're not perfect people we all know that so I mean tripping while walking but it's not even the actual act it's usually what we do after the fact that's the funny part (laughs) like you know pretend to jog looking backwards to see what it was like what what baby trip i couldn't possibly have done that on my own was that curb uneven back there i they they really need to have a line right there that is dangerous there's always that how many times have i tripped over a wire somewhere and be like you know what this is a hazard someone needs to take this down right because i almost fell i have children if they had been here this could have been really bad (laughs) and they're like um all right. Well, since you're the only human being who didn't see a bright yellow cord, all right. I guess we can do something right. about it. We'll have someone look at it, ma'am. Or so I don't. This is particularly bad when someone's just like, "Oh, you have something and you're stuck in your teeth." Like, <laughs> I can't think of anything that makes me close my mouth faster and like shield my gums. Like, I'm just gonna run away. Like someone just said, you know, it, they might as well have just told me like, "You have a giant turd stuck right between the front of your teeth and it smells," <laughs> because like that's what it feels like. And it's probably just like a little piece of broccoli or lettuce. Or what's worse is if it's something really big. Like, what if it's like practically a whole like leaf? Like a big pumpernickel seed yeah or and something. it's like curved around the the tooth like up it's into like, the gum and you're just like how do i not feel this how how, how long has know. this been there and then you get mad at them why didn't you tell me sooner did <laughs> you like, see this there's like well i'm sorry you don't know how to eat and you couldn't properly you know <laughs> so not cleanse your your teeth of and how to of, rinse out your mouth of that basil or whatever it was but it's so true it's it just so true. i don't know why those things are so embarrassing it, and you know what it's not and that's the thing we're the ones. I don't think it's embarrassing to others as much as it is to us. We're weird. Like, we are weird. Like, I... So the average person doesn't care that someone might have something in their tooth or a stain on their shirt or... Well, they wouldn't... They wouldn't... It wouldn't be to the point, like, you should be embarrassed. Because if it was me, I would want to shrink up and die. Pretty much. You know? It's just... It's just humans. People. Like, just what would you people. do if you accidentally farted in a group of people? Blame it on someone else. <laughs> I don't even think I would. I think I would be so mortified. I, I Has might, that happened to you? No. But oh, I no. might pass out. Like, I don't that's know. That's never what, happened to me. <laughs> never. That just goes to show you what willpower can do. Oh, my God. Are people, you my my people, body's like a vault if it needs to be. People have cured themselves of cancer. I it's have true. stopped <laughs> I I have. a stomach full of gas from making yeah. a peep. Yeah. Like, not even internally. You're like, you won't hear it any baby whales today nothing people. like i will just sit there bloated like a dead hippo <laughs> on the nile river floating you may get up and they go paula when are you due oh in about 15 minutes 
I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. So this week what? was a big week for uh, television folks. Um, yeah. Because Breaking Bad came to an end. Did you do you did you watch Breaking Bad? So I, I have a confession to make. Um, mm-hmm. I have never, ever, ever in my life have seen one moment of the show Breaking Bad. Oh, not one. And I never wanted to say anything because I felt like, you know, the ridicule I would get for not having watched the show. And it's not because I heard it was bad or anything like that. Or I just I never caught on. I never really heard about it until later in the seasons. And I don't know. I guess it just didn't interest me. It just wasn't. Yeah. You know, I'm like, ah, okay, the guy has cancer. He makes meth. Eh." You know, I just like. It was, well, Brian, I like Brian Cranston. So I was really, that's really why I started watching it. But I, yeah, I watched, I watched the whole series. I thought it was great. And then um, watched, obviously watched the series finale. The actual, what's really cool about shows like this. First of all, I've come to realize that no matter what a show does to end their show for good, no one is going to like it. People don't want it to end and so and they expect, you know, everybody's got their idea of how they want a show to end. Yeah. And it's and it's never that because the writer created this entire show. He probably knew how it was going to end when he started writing it. So it's you can't really you can't really criticize. It's like, look, this was his this was his thing. Ask any, you know, um author or writer and they will tell you when they start creating a novel and they create this whole world, um, they already know how it's going to end. Most of them do. Like Game of Thrones. I've been reading, I've read all of George R. Martin's books and I saw an interview with him. He already knows how the, sh- how the series is going to end. He already knows when he writes his last book, he already knows how it's going to end for the characters that are still alive. So it's like when shows like Breaking Bad end, like a lot of people are like, oh, it was just too neat and clean. It was too tied up and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, what did you expect this, this 50 something year old man who was literally being eaten away by cancer what did you expect him to do, really? What I was going to say is, is I thought, you know, the guy had terminal cancer, right? He did. So, I mean, he does. There was yeah, did. really only, I mean, one logical way that he would perish. I, I mean, he, he, I think it would be no to like, what? He died? I had no idea. <laughs> I, thought the, I thought it was very poetic. I'll be honest with you. He was able to do what he always, always intended to do, which was uh, make money for his family to live once he died. And uh, which was which was the initial reason why he started cooking meth. And he was able to save like almost two million dollars. He had negotiated a way for them to get this money after he died. So that was taken care of. Then he wanted to tie up some loose ends with some people who had killed some people that he loved. He got that taken care of. And then poetically, he died of. Uh, the the result as the res- of the result of his cancer and his lifestyle it was like a it was like a double like he was killed by two things and he died mm-hmm. in a meth lab he died in a meth well, lab so I mean so- it's like it was poetic it, it ended exactly the way the show began so to me well, I and- thought it was fine and I think that's what kind of when epic shows like these come to an end you yeah. know it kind of stirs people's emotions about like other epic shows that have ended so i mean the yeah. feedback i got is a lot of people really liked the way breaking bad ended me too they thought, i did. you know people like feel people like it when shows end and it, there's a sense of completeness closure you need closure right that there's no loose ends all ended well with the world or bad but it still all made sense you know yeah. people don't like it when things end and don't make sense perfect example sopranos, sopranos. yeah i cannot tell you 
How dece- and that show was on for what like eight seasons, ten seasons, twelve? It, I don't know. Uh, long time. Yeah, I think it was. I don't even know. I don't even want to venture to guess. I want to. It say was nine, on a long time. Nine or ten. And the way that show ended, like, <laughs> I have never felt more robbed of something in my whole <laughs> life. I mean, I, I'm just. It made no sense. It made no sense. You know, there was no. The way I look at not- The Sopranos, because, I mean, I was a little dis- – well, I did not want to see Tony Soprano or Carmela die. I did not want to see no, I didn't those either. two characters pass away at all for any reason, because the way they portray the Sopran- the two, Carmela and Tony, is that they are practically immortal. I mean, they just simply can't seem to get to them and, and die. So the fact that it blacked out with the family sitting at a restaurant on the outskirts of New, of New Jersey or New York, wherever they were – just kind of figuring out what their next move was to me bl- the blackout meant you get to pretty much conclude what you think is going to happen mobsters never live forever they either end up in jail or they're dead or they go into the witness protection program something i don't think that the sopranos could do so you you it's just a matter of time basically of what is going to happen well the thing about the sopranos though is is that there was a lot of weird um people in the restaurant that they right. kept, you know, segueing to, and then you saw a meadow crossing the street, and then you saw a car driving, and so then, you know, and everything eventually goes to black, and so it's just kind of like, it kind of left you with that right. feeling of like, well, did they die in the restaurant, or did they keep on, or was that just a weird thing? You know, it just, I think people felt like it was an unjust the way it ended, but there's other shows that ended like Breaking Bad that just ended phenomenally. Another HBO show, Six Feet Under. Like, I probably will say, hands down, the way Six Feet Under ended was probably the best show ending I've ever seen in my life. Ever, ever. And it's because it left no question unanswered, no stone unturned. You knew exactly what happened to everybody up until the day they died. Yeah, well, because they go... Well, that's the thing is they go so far ahead in the future. You see that although they had this tumultuous time in their life, things all work out like they're supposed to. It's a normal family. They just happen to have a mortuary. Everything works out because life can't stay like that forever. And that's what was so great about it is ultimately the mom lives a nice long life. The children are great. The daughter is, you know, ends up being the final character of the whole show. Right. It's Mm -hmm. a super satisfying emotionally closing ending i cried like a baby on that show at the end i didn't cry i just remember thinking like i'm so glad they showed what became of everyone it was like everyone so good it was that's probably i would have to say that was probably my top my top series finale ever 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 now a lot of people yeah that was a good show a lot of people say mash ended really well which was kind of like a little bit (laughs) I was older like seven show. when that ended. I don't give a crap no. about MASH. Well, because it was such an epic. Um, yeah, for our parents. I don't, I don't care. You know what? When people say that, I think they're just saying that to sound intellectual or, or well, cultured. Have you, have you watched it? Yes, of, of course I have. And I'm okay. like, okay, great. 70s show. Super popular. Great. I hate Alan Alda, first of all. He's oh, like he this doesn't bother me. cardigan wearing pussy. And I and it's just too big chili. I don't like it. And it, you know what? Our parents loved it. Congratulations. And people who wish they lived in the past, you love it. Watch it all day long. I am over the whole, oh, MASH is, MASH is the epitome of series finales. It's like, I don't care. 
I don't care. Well, it probably was the first like really good dramatic show of its time because I mean prior to that you had what like the Mary Tyler Moore show. Hey, now that's a, that was and... a good ending actually. It was a good ending, but I mean you know it's not like. I don't know. It wasn't all that dramatic and fab. It was, you know, people walking around in bad polyester clothes. I just, you know, and women being funny. But it was a sitcom that was really good. And it had, you know, it had, you know, Ted Knight in it, who's the best. But I just, you know, those old shows, you know, they're historical. They're they're great television. But as far as, you know, my life is concerned, I didn't care about series finales when I was eight. You know, I don't I didn't really care about that. What I what I really loved was the I'm really a big fan of cable shows. I'm not a huge mm-hmm. fan of, of network television. I mean, some of it's OK, but I lose interest pretty quickly with with network TV because there's just way mm-hmm. too many damn commercials. Pro- yeah. Now there's product placement, you know, like that new Robin Williams show where he even know he had a show. He's got a new uh, show. It's a, you know, whatever, like an Ally McBeal type feel to it. And oh, okay. um, he owns an ad agency and it's all product placement the, the first show was all about how they were trying to save their mcdonald's account the second one was about crest toothpaste and it's like okay this is to me a very well crafted commercial for whoever paid a million dollars to you know fund this 30 minute show and i like a comedic infomercial i hate it i mean kelly clarkson was in there promoting her album i mean it's like come on i mean i'm done i i i, I love robin williams but it's not I'm not an idiot. I, I, I can see what, what you're doing. And so that's why I don't like like network TV too much. I mean, I like the Big Bang Theory, but even they do product placement. And you have to ignore it if you want to get through the show. But I like cable network. And so the series finale that I actually really liked, it gives you closure. I wasn't a big fan of all of the ties that were, were you know wrapped up, but I loved the way Big Love ended. Oh. I did. There was – you know why? Because they can never do – I didn't. They couldn't do a spinoff or a movie or anything. It was done. Oh, they done were never going to do a spinoff. No. No, I mean, no, I get saying. Like Sex and the yeah, City. Yeah, I get it ended the way it ended. And I mean, it all. And then the way they wrote it out at the end, it's like it had to happen the way it did. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Nobody. It was prophetic. The whole. I basically, the whole show was a prophecy if you were to buy into their, you know, fictional religion. Right then right. it was all prophetic. And so I really like the way they did it. And I like that they, once again, I think which, you know, why I liked it is because they went a year ahead after he had been killed. They, You get to see what anybody ended up. And I think that's why I like the way it ended. They did kind of show. No, and I guess any show that kind of elicits that kind of emotional response just goes to show that, yeah. you know, the writers, they really know what they're doing. And right. And you know, writers should get way more credit than they do. Everyone gives, know. you know, the actors. the actors all the credit and all this kind of stuff. But I mean, really, not that they don't help drive the point home because, I mean, definitely what yes. they, they have to be compelling about yes. the things that they're saying. But I mean, these writers, they, they're just so talented and creative. I want to tell you about my new show that I'm watching. There's a new show on Showtime, and it's called Masters of Sex. I've seen the preview. It is exactly what you think. <laughs> it's um, actually it's a it's the it's a historical series about William Masters and Virginia Johnson, and they're Masters and Johnson. And most people know who they are because they were the first two people to really get in there and scientifically research sex and how it res- how the body responds to orgasm specifically or just arousal in general. Now the Kinsey Institute, which is the test you and I took a few months ago, right? That's that's a little different 
this one was literally like they they were able to classify sex into a four stage process, and it's very it's widely known now. And I think it's like um, arousal, and then the act, orgasm, and then the refractory period. Like there's this four stage of sex. So anyway, it, that's what the show's about, and it's really good. What I didn't know, and why it's kind of interesting, and I don't find it erotic personally. I think they're really portraying it scientifically, but. They literally watched people masturbate and have actual sex in a lab. Mm. And that's how they got their data. And so because of that, it was, as you can imagine, because this was in the late 50s, it was Mm -hmm. extremely taboo. And they were thinking that we're perverse. And, you know, how could you think this way? How could you even go along with this? And we're not going to fund you. And But, I mean, ultimately, it resolved a lot of issues about women's bodies specifically. And the way they're portraying the Dr. William Masters is he's – I think he has a lot of personal questions about women's bodies. He, to this day, is considered like a pioneer in women's health. A lot of the stuff he does for like hormone replacement therapy and how they deal with women who can't have kids and stuff, they they still use his practices today. And he's been dead for a while. But my point is, is that he was really intrigued with women's bodies and how they react. And so he was really surprised to find like forever they thought that the lubrication that comes from a woman when you're having sex came from the uterus. And it doesn't. It comes from the uterus. It comes from the walls of the vagina. And he's the one that figured that out. And so it was, I mean, really, women should be very grateful that he was so curious because well i mean they were just pioneers in in um probably what was later would have been the feminine movement but i mean right. initially cuz that was such controversial things yes. that you know talk about sex you don't talk about orgasms you know, or how to achieve, ple- you know, and for a lot of times, you know, sex, yes, sex is pleasurable, but I mean, it could be more pleasurable well, than, than just, you know, going at it. And I think that was the thing is, is that, you know, people would just do it. And if something good came out of it, great. If it didn't, well, you know, that's just how sex is. And it was always the woman's fault if she couldn't orgasm and or women's orgas- orgasms weren't even that important back then. Like nobody even... I'm not even confident men back then were even concerned that women did have orgasms. Well... I don't even think they knew. Or if they did know, it wasn't... It wasn't a concern. It wasn't something that was required. What was interesting was that watching even just the first episode was that the the social uh, expectations for sex and relationships and all of that, even men were completely naive. I mean, the Virginia Master or Virginia Johnson was a very liberal woman. She was divorced mm-hmm. and she started having a little fling with this doctor. And she was very sexual. She, you know, wanted oral and, you know, she was determined to have an orgasm every time they had sex and he couldn't believe it. And he's like, it's like we're having honeymoon sex every day and I don't, I'm mm-hmm. in love with her and all this stuff. He goes, it's not love, it's sex. And she's like, look, we're just friends. It's just sex. Well, back then, that wasn't acceptable. If you wanted just sex, you go to a prostitute back then. Right. You don't, there were no such thing as a booty call. You know, a good woman with children would never specifically go out of her way just to simply enjoy a sexual relationship for the sake of doing it. So ultimately, you know, the the relationship breaks down because he's confused. He's like, we need to be married. And she's like, I don't want to get married to you. We're just friends. He's like, friends aren't like that. You're a whore. And he walks and he hits her and he walks away. (laughs) So even then, men didn't even understand that sex could just be for fun. You know what I mean? It meant something 
even if if the women didn't enjoy it or not, if a woman was willing to do it and it was really the best sex he's ever had, he's got to marry her, right? I mean, that was kind of the connotation. So it's been yeah. really a good movie. And I mean, a, a series, and I can't wait. This, you know, th- that was only one episode. It's wow. cr- it's crazy. And there's a lot of nudity. Obviously, it's well, all about sure. sex. But it's it's just a really, they're really putting it together good. I'm really, I'm all in. I'm all in. Well, it's cool that, you know, we live in a day and age where shows like that can exist yeah. because, I mean, obviously it's not softcore porn no, or anything no, like that. I mean, it's generally showing how, you know, this was, I remember seeing a movie once, it was called Breastmen, and it was literally how these plastic surgeons created the breast implant. Oh, I remember that. And it was so interesting because, you know, you think about it and I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I guess breast implants just haven't been around forever. No. And so it was really interesting to see how they came out with this, this theory, you know, this thought and, and how they went to the beach and found all these women and tried to decide, you know, who had the most perfect breasts they wanted to model them after. So and then, funny. and then it just showed how it boomed into this huge industry. And, um, but I mean, really it was, a they were trailblazers were. in something that was already probably a need out there. Like women probably longed for larger breasts, but they right. just never thought that it was achievable. So same thing with this kinds of show. I'm sure many women longed for more satisfying sex, but, you know, part of the naiveness about that generation is is they probably didn't even know what their bodies were capable of doing. Yeah, because they're, they weren't raised to, you know, sex was dirty. You didn't do that unless you were married, and even then it was only for, you know, babies. Or it's just something you did, but I mean, and maybe it did feel good, but you just didn't know to, it's just kind of like, yeah, I mean, someone giving you a car and you don't know anything about cars and they give you the keys to a Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> you could literally use that as a commuter car and drive back and forth to work every day, go to the speed limit and never right. know the capacity of what you have. So I yes. think that's how sex was for a lot of people back then is, you know, they just didn't understand the capacity, you know, how much it could be maximized and to what extent. And so women, I think that's a really neat show idea. Women are all Ferraris. Every woman's a Ferrari, <laughs> I'm telling you right. what. Take her out on the road. Floor it. Take her for a spin. Hey, Hugs. Producer Dub here, founder and president of Uganon, the support group for those of us who are related to the Ugly Sisters. On behalf of Jamie, Paula, and myself, thanks for downloading the show every week and telling your friends about it. Without you, we wouldn't be able to share the ugly truth with the world. And now back to the show. All right, so let's see. We have covered we've covered boogers in the hair. We've covered our mm-hmm. television shows. We've covered sex, kind of documentaries. documentaries. So I have actually, yeah. So it's it's been a week of entertainment. Yes. Um, because this last weekend I went to a comedy club, which I haven't been to in a long time. But I forget how much I love comedy clubs. Like there's oh just gosh. something about live entertainment you know whether it's for me I like live theater live music you know anything but it's just there's something very raw about seeing someone you know face to face just putting it all out there and truly entertaining you so in comedians I think probably out of all the live entertainment out there being a comic has probably got to be the hardest but there's but you know what when they're good they're so good well, and they make it look effortless. But I mean, I watch them and I'm thinking it is joke after joke after joke. And you have to keep and everything that literally comes out of your mouth has to be funny because there's nothing worse than being up there standing <laughs> in front of everyone with nobody but yourself and having a lull 
or something not sounding good. Like, you know, at least with us, we sit here and record our podcast. We have the luxury of someone editing Yeah, it we have somebody and, like, piecing all together, crap. Right. And, like, piecing it all together and putting our funniest parts together. A comedian, they're just standing up there. Have you ever seen a comedian bomb? Like, have you, have you ever seen a brand new comedian go up there, like, on an open mic and bomb? I've, I've never seen a brand new comedian. I've seen a comedian bomb, but the only reason why they bombed is it's not because they probably – they had some funny things to say – it was usually because they were drunk oh, or, yeah. you know, like so some something of their own devices, you know, got in the way of their success. I, ha- I think I had, you know what, I, I used to as well go to comedy. When, when comedy clubs were like the thing, I used to go every week. Every week yeah. I would go. I loved comedians. It's not expensive either. No. It's pretty cheap. It is. As long as you buy the brand muffin, tip your waitress at the end. <laughs> right. So this week, the, co- the comedian I saw... The guy was on fire. Like, I have seen a lot of comedy shows. And, I mean, for the most part, I mean, you get a really good laugh. Yeah. When I left here, (laughs) and I'm not one who literally cries when they laugh. Yeah. When I left here, I had no eye makeup on because (laughs) I had been crying from laughter the whole time. And we have some clips for you of him, but the thing about him is he's the kind of person that you actually have to see live because Everything about him, not just what he's saying, but I mean, he does voices. He does, you know, like little moves or dances or what. It's it's like he was literally like a one man band, and everything about him was hilarious. His name's Kiwi Rogers, and he even makes jokes about his name. Kiwi, Kiwi. It's K I V I, and he says. He was saying how he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't know what it is about, you know, my people because he's black. And he says they just start looking up uh, the the elements chart and start piecing things together. And, and, you know, that's how they come up with their names. They're just like, oh, what's your name? Oh, it's a geranium. And he's just like, what does that mean? He's like, I don't know. And they're like, what's your name? He's like, Kiwi. He says, and then you have a name like Kiwi. And they start swinging his arm. He's all, I'm Kiwi. You want to come outside and play with me? Because he's all sounds like a little boy's name. So he's super, super funny. If you get the chance to check him out, you absolutely should. Yeah, the the clip that you sent me to listen to um, was about <laughs> was about um, Asians teaching Asians how to drive or take a test. You knew I would love it, and I did. I thought it was so funny, and so there's just a little a little clip of it. It is so. <laughs> ridiculous i drove here to this club and got flipped off by an asian man that ain't funny because you know you got to be doing some bad driving (laughs) you get flipped off by an asian dude and i didn't do nothing wrong i think he just wanted to see what it felt like And have you ever seen an Asian person getting a driving test? Other Asians are teaching them how to drive. That's just wrong. He's serious, too. He says, oh, you want to learn to drive? No problem. Get into car. Buckle up. Okay, now test number one. Pull away from curve. Oh, no, look. Just pull away. right they stop for you <laughs> test number two put on left blinker 
No turn, just leave on. Last test now, we go to freeway. Careful, go to fast lane. Good, now slow down. You pass. <laughs> See there? Even my Asian people are laughing at the joke. Right, because they know it ain't all Asian people, it's just the ones that drive. Very funny. I have to say, as far as my all-time favorite comedians, Dave Chappelle is going to be in town next week. He he had the Chappelle show, and he, yeah, no, I he did I'm Rick James, bitch, and yeah, God, could I it's sound funny. could I literally sound any whiter when I say yeah, that? Yeah, don't do that. I'm just, Rick James, just bitch. Say, <laughs> I'm <laughs> hello. I'm Rick James, bitch. That's the other thing that yeah. this comedian says, Kiwi. He says. Um, <laughs> He's like, white people are simple. He's like, you call and, and leave them a message. You get their answering machine. Hi, this is Phil. Leave me a message. <laughs> why is it? Why he is says, black comedians always call white people Phil? <laughs> and so then he says, you call a black man. And it's just like, you know, a person you have called, leave, you know, and then it's like, then all of a sudden it's all doom, 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 It's so true. Yeah. And he says, you know, oh, that's my jam. He says, we we always have to do things complicated. So I thought that was actually it's a really lot. It's a big process to, to leave a message on a phone. Yeah. Well, my favorite comedians really that I've seen live that are really funny. I think Jim Gaffigan is probably one of my number one favorites. He has repeatedly. I, he, he is so hilarious. He's very dry witted, I think is why I like him. Yeah. Plus, he really makes fun of himself, which is really funny. You know, he does what a lot of people do. They 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 trot out their flaws before anyone else can do it for them. And then sure. they make, it, make you laugh about it. So he's really funny because he's just so white. To the point of being pale. Yes. Um, <laughs> somebody who's on the circuit a lot and he's more of a writer and he's not much of a celebrity like like some of the stand-up comedians have become is Dana Gould. Dana Gould oh. is so damn funny. And before Tosh was Tosh, Daniel Tosh is a damn funny comedian. If you've ever seen his comedy, so my friend good. saw him. She says she's like, I wish I had taken a picture with him because she's like, I saw him before he was Tosh Point oh. Ta- is it Tosh so- or Tosh? I don't know. I don't even know. I, You're Lord. asking the wrong question. I know. Really? Why would? Why do we even <laughs> attempt to ask each other questions? I don't even That's know. That's just pointless. I have no idea. And then you and I, of course, have a very fond love of Richard Jenny. Yes, I know. So, gosh. I was so sad when he killed himself. I mean, genuinely I sad. It's and true. Then, but you know what? Keep his memory alive. Look up his old stuff. It's so Richard's good. Jenny. It's J-E-N-N-I or just J-E-N-I? It's, I think it's J-E-N-N-I. Like Jenny. Hey, Jenny, I got you. Just no, look no. up some. He did an HBO special called A Big Stevie pile of me yes. funny funny stuff and our new favorite amy schumer she is really good very good. good we did see her this year i kind of like some other comedians um there's one he i think he won the very first last comic standing his name's john heffron he is funny on twitter too he is so funny yes and i think what i like about him is he's the kind of he's jim gaffigan funny in the sense like he just talks about everyday things that happen but he kind of sees it in a funny way or a funny fashion and he talks about the stuff that everybody thinks about and we think is funny but I guess we just don't say yes well we do but (laughs) other people don't true the other person who I know she does her show but her stand-up comedy specials are hilarious is Ellen DeGeneres bye Menon (laughs) I own two of them I think there's only there's only two yeah it's um, here and now, and I forget what the other one is. Oh, it's something like back and forth, or it's a very similar. But um, the first one's my favorite. Those are probably the funniest comedy specials I have seen. And I know people are thinking like, oh, but you, and in fact, she even jokes about this. She's just like, 
I know people think that, you know, you have to be gay to come see my comedy show. And, and she's just like, what? what? We're not gay. Well, we're not going to understand a word of this, you know, because <laughs> yeah. we're not lesbians. We don't even know what she's talking about. This isn't the kind of humor we expected. But that's the thing is she is just a person, you yeah. know, she puts her jeans on one leg at a time. Jeans, not skirts. She would never wear one. But anyway, Right. So she's one of my favorites. And then I was with you on Jim Gaffigan. But yes. I'm definitely adding Kiwi Rogers to the list. He is one of my new faves. I think we have seen, you and I combined, we have seen some of the funniest people on the planet at some yeah. one point or another. And, you know, we're not even talking about the, the – there's not even – I mean, you haven't even talked about legends like Eddie Murphy or Chris Rock or – um, you know, Richard Pryor. Well, Richard Pryor is too old for us, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's a lot of people. Bill, Bill Cosby, Cosby. Yeah. That that one Bill Cosby uh, show that we have listened to since we were small children. That thing has got to be at least 30 or 40 years old now. It has to be at least 40. It, it still makes me hysterical. The children, yeah. epi- the children part now, I mean, well, that's what's really cool about really good comedy is if you hear it and then you hear it 10 years later and you relate to it in a completely different way and it's still funny, then you know it's good. Well, what was good about Bill Cosby is, is like you didn't, that show didn't have to be censored. Like anybody could listen to it. I mean, yeah. we were listening to that since we were little girls and I don't remember it being bad. And you know who's like that too, actually, who was really funny is Jeff Foxworthy. His humor is a little bit more redneck, which I, I know you don't relate to. I don't. But like have you ever seen some of his stand-up specials? And I I'm have. not talking about the blue. I'm not. I'm talking before the blue collar thing. Yes. He was funny, like super funny. So. He's, he is a funny person. And you know who else is funny? And and on that long, that same line, I think he was on the um, that country redneck tour is Bill Engvall. He's hilarious. I love him. He is he so is good. He is really funny. And it helps that he has adorable blue eyes. He's so. very handsome. He was on Dancing with the Stars. <sighs> now, why did he do that? I don't know. And you know what? He's not that good. I don't even know if he's on well, anymore. Of course he I... isn't. He's a redneck man. Well, it's just not good. It's just, it's just not good. It's not as bad as Kate Coslin. No one in the history of Dancing with the Stars will ever, ever be as bad <laughs> as Kate Coslin. Like any person so before bad. and or after, they f- need to not fear because no one will ever. I've never seen something so uncomfortable in my whole life. It was like. It was like she had literally had a stick up her ass. <laughs> it just was so uncomfortable comfortable like it was almost like torture like Chinese torture I'm like please someone make her stop I know it was so bad when I watched that I was just like it's no wonder you needed fertility treatments oh. because I am not confident that you can actually have intercourse being that tight <laughs> that and that puckered and uptight about life I'm surprised that instead of children she didn't bear diamonds because her butt is so tight I just I think that's why she had C-sections and fertility because oh, yeah. I just don't Nothing think her body, out. her body's like a eunuch. I mean, and I'm not saying like she couldn't get herself pregnant, but I mean like they had to put them in her and take her out. Yeah. Like she basically omitted her vagina altogether. Like I don't have, maybe she, maybe she looks like Barbie down there. That's why. <laughs> that's why. Oh, we figured it out. Finally, it we is. figured this, it out. And this is why John lives in the woods with a gun. What other world problems can we solve today? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Oh, my God. We need help. We need help. And on that note, actually, if you do want to help us. Yes, Paula. So good. 
Yes, we have our Ugly Mall um, via our Ugly Truth website. So you just go to uglytruth.com and then you'll click on the link that says Ugly Mall. Yes. And we are actually adding more stores. We've recently added. This is a big one. Avon. The cool thing about Avon is um, it's Avon slash Mark makeup. And um, there are some very famous celebs out there that wear Mark makeup. Um, in particular, our little Facebook friend, um, Jamie Melzer Greenberg. She is a makeup artist to the celebs. And she uses Mark makeup pretty religiously on all of them. Yes. And so that's what got us interested in Mark makeup. And so um, the good news was is that Mark is tied to Avon. Now, I. I have been wearing Avon for several, several years now. Mm -hmm. And I was wearing Avon mostly because I was a single mom with two little kids. And so if you've ever tried to take two small children to Ulta, it is not a fun experience. It is not a fun experience. And it's and taking two small children to Ulta, you don't get a lot of time to sit there and peruse and browse and decide what you want to buy. Mm -hmm. So with the Avon, I found this lady. She just came to my door, bought me a little catalog. I thumbed through and I submitted my order. And a few days later, voila, my makeup arrived. And not only did my makeup arrive, it's actually good quality makeup. It's not expensive because they have deals, you know, like buy two for $6.99. You know, I really, I have a gazillion eyeliners. I love their foundation, um, the cream to powder. I use their powder. They have so much lipstick. It's not even funny. Right. And they're always having deals. So we are proud to introduce that we are now selling. We are Avon ladies. And um, we are selling that on our Ugly Mall website. And yes. so we definitely encourage you to go there. Go to the Ugly Mall. You will see the Avon. There's a pink button that says Avon. You can click on that. It will take you to the Ugly Avon page. And you can purchase your products there. It supports our show and it's a direct delivery so you don't have to come to California or Paula doesn't have to come out to you. I won't knock on your door and ask you if you want samples. Or Everything like that. is, is uh, shipped and obviously once you sign up you will be getting regular uh, special deals. You know there's a lot of options for sh there's a lot of opportunities for sh free shipping which is you know you and I I'm big on free shipping. So we're, we're always gonna as far as ugly sisters go we're always gonna try and push products that are free shipping because we hate paying for shipping it doesn't make any sense right so i am very excited because now i am going to buy a bunch of mark makeup which i'm very much looking forward to paula already buys her avon products and i'm sure you'll try mark makeup too so we mm -hmm. can talk about that but um and, and obviously that's going to be the avon store will be a big flagship store for us along with our amazon so but there are other there are um actually quite a few other stores that we have added this week that you can um, look through and decide if you would like to support us through those stores. We have a new shoe store I'm excited about. It's called Heels.com. I think yeah. it's so cute. It is but, cute. But um, they sell a couple of our favorite brands. We're both big on Jessica Simpson shoes, and so they sell those. I like the Fergie brand because um, I like their boots. And then they have some other, I guess, you know, tulips, all that kind of stuff. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. What? So you're like, okay. Well, it's just – long endorsement we're done we're, we're long... done we're done we're done i well you didn't let me talk about mark makeup you talked about mark makeup and i'm like fuck you're talking about everything paula oh, I'm sorry. i didn't know you didn't buy anything i was uh, but you saw the outline i said i wanted to talk about it you were going to All say right. that you talk about do the skincare cream thing and i was going to talk about mark but okay you're just such a hog you have to no talk about it now no talk about it now i already did i already said i was excited about buying it Oh, is that all you were going to say? Yes. Remember, oh, I thought you had more. No, Sorry. No, 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 
no, no. Remember, because I said we need to keep it short because we can't go on and on and on about the endorsement. We just have to say, go to Ugly Mall, flagship store Avon. These are the products you like. I'm excited to try Mark. Thank you very much. Good night. And that's how we were going to end. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. It's all right. Hey, you know what? You're just excited. You know a lot about Avon, and I think that's a cool thing. No, you know, I'm just all out of sorts today. No, no, don't. Don't do that. It was good. It was good. No, I'm just like a teenager today, so. Well, aren't we all? Well, it's just because I started my period and I feel all you're, weird. You're fine. You're fine. So in conclusion, um, we want to thank, of course, our producer, Dub, for making us sound cool every week, cutting through our long, drawn-out whatevers that we do. Because, I mean, there is awful lot of lull or over talk or right. sometimes we even fight you know and he has to cut all that stuff out <laughs> so we appreciate that we appreciate our webmaster josh especially with um all the additions that we've been doing recently to our ugly mall we know that that's taken some of his time and we hope you get well soon because he's recently been some under the weather i think he's um i think he's making an appearance um at our Oktoberfest this weekend oh good so good. we can say hello Which- to him very exciting. We are having Oktoberfest this coming weekend. At, by the time this drops, it will have had happened. I know. Daryl and I are so excited. But we will have lots of fun stories. Um, there's going to be a lot of beer trampoline. and a trampoline. And so <laughs> I hope it's fun. That's going to be a good time to talk yes. about. So to conclude, um, like I mentioned, my new favorite comedian right now is Kiwi Rogers. And so because you can't go see the show unless he's nearby, nearby here's a fun clip. Um, probably my favorite clip of the night from when uh, we went and saw him. So hope you find him funny and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. People saying dumb stuff. Hey, I'm cool. I've got a black friend. What do you want, a cookie? <laughs> Just be people, man. We do things totally different. Culture is cool. And seriously, I like white people because you like stuff simple. Right? My people love making things way more complicated than it needs to be. Right? Like an answering machine. Yeah. Call a white guy, get his answering machine. Bring! Hi, this is Phil, not any leave a message. <laughs> you know you call any black person up and like, bring! Yo. By the time it finished, you forgot what the hell you call. <laughs> right? You up there jamming to the music? That's my song right there. Hey. Yeah. Oh, I like to request another record, please. you said it's over don't worry we'll have another episode for you very soon in the meantime connect with the uglies online at facebook twitter and at uglytruth.com that's u-g-l-e-e truth.com